0: bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is
1: Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. Okay, 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 I'll stop shaking the boxes, just trying to figure out what's uh, what's for me under the tree there. Good morning, it's uh, Glenn Leverens in for John Morales. John has the, the day off. I think he's using some of his uh, sports play-by-play ability to uh, perhaps uh, uh, describe the, the reindeer taking off uh, tomorrow and getting ready for that at the North Pole, or just a day off, I, I'm not sure. But we've got a good hour lined up for you. Before we're through, we'll be talking with Bishop Joseph Perry from Chicago, talking about how to continue that Christmas joy and share that joy of our Savior's birth well after the 25th as well. But uh, right now it is our joy, as always, to check in with a regular guest here on Morning Air. It's Father James Kibicki, among his many great things. He's director of St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation in Western South Dakota. Christmas Eve is tomorrow and is a guest earlier, Father, this morning on Morning Air said today they call it Christmas Adam. So happy Christmas Adam to you, Father <laughs> James Kibicki.
3: Well, thank you, Glenn. Good to be with you today on this uh, day before Christmas Eve, Christmas Adam. I've never heard that, and that's clever.
1: <laughs> yeah. hey, all that can be our learn-something-new uh, thing for today, I think. So, uh, well, how is sure. uh, how is it going with the run-up to Christmas? How has your Advent been?
3: Well, that's that's a good question, Glenn, and and I'm glad we'll have a chance to reflect a little bit on that because, you know, coming out of the Jesuit tradition of, of St. Ignatius, when he presented his book, his retreat book called the Spiritual Exercises, um, these exercises were not meant to be rushed through. And so, even though we're, you know, involved in maybe rushing to get to Christmas and getting things ready for Christmas, Advent, hopefully for us, has been a time to slow down. And I think before we leave Advent, it's good to look back on it and to ask ourselves, you know, what made this. Uh, advent special for me or what was the grace that I received during this particular advent and for me Glenn I, I used a, a book called a uh, watch for the light it's a book of reflections readings for advent and Christmas put out by a group called plow publishing house and um, it was it was really helpful to me because a number of the reflections spoke about um the let's say the poverty that the son of god experienced as he entered into this cold and dark world you know so when we anticipate um, Christmas and the Christmas story you know we we know that the Holy Family um, went from Nazareth to Bethlehem and then there was no place for them to stay in Bethlehem and and there's that that sense of how God saved the world was not with great power and violence or glory but he came as a tiny little baby helpless powerless in need of help And for me, this fit in so well with my Advent because out here on the Rosebud Reservation, which is uh, one of the poorest counties in the United States every year, it's in what uh, would be the bottom five counties uh, in terms of poverty level in the United States. And sometimes I feel pretty helpless trying to address both the physical and spiritual needs of the people here. And that was especially true during this particular Advent because... Um, We just had a lot of death, uh, a lot of people dying, Uh, some of it was COVID-related, some of it was not, but it was so bad that the nearest funeral home, which is in Valentine, Nebraska, we're right on the South Dakota-Nebraska border, the nearest funeral home ran out of coffins. And people uh, here had to go further away to try to get a coffin for the, the family members who had died. And so in that, that sense of, of darkness, I had a, a real strong feeling of, oh, how much we need a Savior. And that, I think, you know, Glenn, is the, the real Um, reason for christmas you know people say it's the reason for the season is that it's jesus christ came but we can't really appreciate his coming if we're not aware of how much we do need him to enter into the darkness of our world to uh confront sin and ultimately death and so I, I think, with that sense of of helplessness of the Holy Family and of Jesus born as a baby, and my own sense of helplessness during this advent, um, I, I felt like it was a good advent in which I can approach Christmas and, as it were, celebrate it with a strong sense of gratitude for God sending his own Son to save us from sin that leads to the poverty that we see in our world, and ultimately that will save us from death. But how about you, Glenn? Did you uh, have any um, particular grace, or uh, was there something about your Advent that that, um, we can all learn from?
1: Well, I I think a few things, uh, thinking about that a little bit. uh, One, when you talk about the the real purpose of Christ coming, wasn't just to be the the cute baby laying in the hay there, but uh, to be our Savior and ultimately give that new life uh, as an adult on the cross. And I kind of stumbled upon something this year uh, in setting up the the manger scene for uh, uh, my studio And, you know, we've got all the regular cast of characters in there, and then there's a few extras, a couple small toy dinosaurs adoring the Lord, a hockey player. But then I had put a small cross right behind the stable, so it's kind of from a certain angle, kind of looking over the corner at things as far as what to come. And it kind of, as I've had conversations on the air about the Christ as our Savior, uh, looking at that. And I think we don't, as modern men and women, think as much, especially if we're, you know, we're doing the right stuff and we're going to church and doing our best to be good Catholics and good Christians, always think of you know the need for a savior as much as we do, but we certainly need that. And maybe when we mess up this time of year, when we think we ought to be more perfect in everything, uh, it's a good reminder that we do need a savior. But as far as my advent, uh, just quickly, uh, it, some of the joys and graces included hooking mm-hmm. up with some old friends, and uh, that was uh, just a, a blast. Uh, feeling a sense of accomplishment and. You know, by now Christmas, Adam, getting all the chores done for Christmas, you know, with the shopping and cards and whatnot, Um, uh, seeing God's mercy at work and helping me cover uh, all 11 Masses worth over two weekends with uh, all the sound and video volunteers at the parish. <laughs> but uh, on the yeah. spiritual side, which probably you're wanting to get around to anyway, was uh, this uh, this uh, small group study we did in my parish with Father Mark Toops uh, called Rejoice, uh, Finding Your Place in the Advent Story, and just a great invitation to put yourself alongside Mary, alongside Joseph, alongside the different folks uh, in that original Christmas story. and Really imagine what it must have been like and how we can use how Mary and Joseph, for example, handled what they faced as we try to handle whatever we face. My goodness, I can't imagine in 2021 20, having to handle a shortage of of caskets, like you, you mentioned, oh. and uh, to to realize the challenges are indeed still with us and will continue to be with us.
3: Yeah, that's right, Glenn. Well, that that sounds like, I I hadn't heard of that particular series, uh, but it sounds like a, a real, uh, again, from my perspective as a Jesuit, uh, St. Ignatius always says, you know, to imagine the scene and to look at the different figures in the gospel stories. And uh, certainly with uh, the story of the nativity, there's a lot there to identify with. And maybe, Glenn, we could open up the lines and, and uh, hear from any of our listeners and Mm, I'd love to hear how their Advent went and if they had any particular graces or advice for us uh, that we might think about in terms of, of uh, future Advents, what we can learn from this Advent, what was helpful to us in, in making a good Advent, good preparation for, for Christmas. So can we
1: open up the lines for that, Glenn? We certainly can hit those magic buttons and uh, you can hit your phone buttons at 888-914-9149, 888-914. Nine one four nine. We'd love to hear from you here in the run up to Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve, or Christmas Adam, as we've uh, suddenly taken to calling it this morning. But to talk about Advent, how it's gone, and you know if it wasn't exactly how you wanted, what you did learn, or hoped you would have learned, what uh, all of us can benefit from hearing your story uh, w- would happen as well. Eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. There is always, you know, especially for you know the the, the big the big times of the year. We have great plans for what we think things ought to be, and then we have what actually happened. But, uh, uh, Father, can we learn in that difference sometimes just to accept, you know, what, what comes, even if it isn't exactly as we thought it ought to be, but maybe it's as God thought it ought to be?
3: Yeah, that's that's a great uh, um, point, Glenn, because so often we might have our agenda, and uh, it can be so filled with uh, great plans and ideas and whatnot, but uh, we can lose track of what might be God's agenda. And so it it might be, you know, a matter of um, uh, what what grace God wants to give us, even in the midst of our helplessness and poverty. I remember some years ago when I uh, lived in St. Paul at our Jesuit novitiate, every uh, beginning of Advent, we would take one of the um figures from the nativity scene and each one of us during advent would would pray with that particular figure and one year we had so many novices that uh you know we we had to go beyond the human figures and uh (laughs) believe it or not the figure that i got was uh the manger and and uh, you know i thought how do i pray with being the manger during advent and you know what what came to me through the grace during that particular advent was just as the manger was empty and uh was was as it were waiting to receive the christ child so that that would be my advent you know it felt pretty dry pretty empty um but by the end of it then i realized okay uh maybe this was the grace god wanted to give me is that i would be more open to appreciating the christ child who would fill Uh, who filled the emptiness of the manger but would also fill uh, the emptiness that I was feeling in my heart.
1: That's a a beautiful character you got to play. I was thinking it might have gone in another direction as it did for me as a young Sunday school kid and it was one year we had fancy costumes and we even had some animals represented by two-person costumes and well, my lot that year was to be the back end of the cow, and it could have been worse because my best buddy was the back end of the donkey, but uh, we did get to kind of park next to one another and uh, poke one another during the performance as well. So it could have been uh, could have been worse than being in the manger. I love I love that idea as well. But boy, that that can be a great exercise for us, let alone our kids to look and contemplate a little bit over the next few days that manger scene and, and imagine what it would be like if we were one of those people represented.
3: Right. And, you know, and, and there are so many figures between, you know, whether we want to be the, the kings who come, the magi, or uh, the shepherds, or um, the animals. You know, I always thought, you know, the in the um, prophet Isaiah, we have the prophetic word that the uh, while the people of Israel did not recognize their savior the ox and the ass the ox and the donkey did recognize the savior and so that's where we get the figures of the ox and the donkey there uh, in the stable and uh, i remember growing up my mother would would uh, when we would uh, create the scene she would always put the ox and the donkey close and the sheep close to the manger and she said you know they're breathing on jesus to keep him warm and uh, that's that's a memory that I've always taken from from that nativity scene as well.
1: Well, that's that's a better memory that she gave you than maybe assuming the animals were were trying to nibble around Jesus and get at their food, <laughs> you know, and that, <laughs> and were dangerous. for him. hey, uh, Anne is with us. Anne joining from Michigan today to share about how Advent uh, has impacted her and what's been an important part of Advent for her. Good morning, Anne. Go right ahead. You're on the air.
0: Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Father. I just wanted to share quickly. So I have this reflection book that I've been using this Advent, and it goes through the the old antiphons um, that we have during Mass. So the one that did strike me was um, o key of David. One day I came from Mass, and I went home, and somehow my door was locked. I couldn't get in. I tried to use my key. My key couldn't work wondering what was going on. So eventually, my husband was able to let me in, but it was just strange. And I've not used the key to get into the house for a long time. always oh, open. So then the next day, in the afternoon, I went to do my reflection, and it was talking about the oh, key of oh, David. And they're talking about keys. And I'm wondering, Lord, what are you trying to tell me about keys? What's the connection here? And I never really understood <clears throat> what that meant okay David and so that's been my theme for this for this land and for some reason the Lord has kept bringing up incidents with keys um, just all of a sudden in ways that you know I least expect so I've been meditating on that uh, you know our Lord being the key and I know I've been praying to him I'm waiting for him I actually put a light in my window. And I keep saying every day, Lord, I'm waiting for you to come and open the door, you know, because there's some mm-hmm. darkness that is going on in my house. So mm-hmm. But then yesterday finally he led he opened my eyes to see that um Mary's holding the key. And I just recently mm-hmm. consecrated myself to her. So that's that's been my grace, um, something that I received this this advent.
3: So, wow. Well, thank you, Ann. That's that's beautiful. And what, what I'd like to point out to all our listeners is is how, you know, our prayer and our daily life can uh, be so interconnected. Um, so, you know, you, your experience of, of being locked out of the house uh, and then uh, reflecting on being locked out and how Jesus is the key that opens up God's love and opens up heaven and, and then that Mary is the one who holds the key, just as she held the Christ child and, and held him in her womb and then held him as a little baby um, and to, to then be inspired to reconsecrate yourself to our Blessed Mother. Um, it just goes to show you how our daily life and our prayer are not separate and disconnected, but really flow together. So thank you for sharing that with us, Anne.
1: Thank you and for that call and uh, there's room for uh, a couple more here too a few more minutes left with Father James Kabicki this morning talking about how our advent has gone 888 9149 888 9149 you kind of kicked off the segment father by you know sharing with us the the tough economic circumstances uh, there at the Rosebud reservation again surprising to think of uh, in this day and age uh, you know the great poverty in that area but uh, yet so often amongst great poverty we can find great faith. Uh, there are some, you know, twinkling stars of faith in that environment that uh, that kind of pour through with some light for you as well.
3: That's right, Glenn. You know, and that that's really part of the Christmas story, too, is how Jesus, the Son of God, second person of the Blessed Trinity, came into the world among the poor. You know, he was there uh, homeless. He was there uh, with people who were not considered very acceptable in uh, polite society. Uh, they were distrusted. The shepherds were thought to be um, uh, people who were maybe a little shady or dishonest. Um, and so Jesus comes into our world among the poor. And I think in in some ways, uh, that's, you know, the experience, again, that we mentioned before, Glenn, that um, it's the people who really know they need a Savior and need help um, that uh, can be most ready to receive the grace of Christmas, you know, the grace of Jesus coming into their lives in a, in a, in a deeper way. One of the reflections in this little book um, that I have uh, that I used um, called a Watch for the Light was a, a reading uh, by uh, a man whose name is uh, Brennan Manning. And um, he had a wonderful reflection on how um, the shepherds were among the shipwrecked of the world. And and he says, you know, it's the people who feel shipwrecked, who feel they've lost everything or um, who really are aware of their need, need for a savior, that can best appreciate um, the coming of Jesus both 2,000 years ago and his desire to come into our lives now and to help us. And again, you know, Glenn, for me, trying to deal with some of those situations of, of poverty here on the reservation and... Um, people have been so good, you know, we, we've received uh, a shipload um, from Wisconsin of, of jerseys, a kind of uh, sweatshirt type of jerseys. Uh, we, we're going to receive some um, beauty items, uh, soaps and shampoos and things like that. Um, we received Toys for Tots. We work with the um, Marine Reserve, and uh, they're, gonna, they're providing um, uh, toys for every child on the reservation. But the challenge is how to to accept all of that uh, generous help, but then to distribute it. And so we're kind of racing around these last days of of Advent, um, trying to make sure that we can get those gifts out to people in a timely fashion. Um, And that's where, again, my helplessness comes in, because I'd like to be, you know, on top of it and in control of it. And so many of these kinds of situations are are um, where I feel my helplessness especially. So um, yeah, it, it's interesting with in a place like the Rosebud Reservation where there is such poverty, as you said, there can also be such lights, the generosity of people from around the country who are, are helping us uh, through difficult times, but um, difficult times that don't go away because the poverty here remains.
1: Well, Father Kabicki, as we uh, wrap up this segment with you this morning, I uh, just want to thank you for your great service in an area that's not always easy to to work in. We appreciate that so much, as uh, as do the folks around the Rosebud as well. And we, of course, love having you on the radio here on a regular basis. So thank you so much for being with us and doing such great work all these years here at Relevant Radio. And we pray that can continue as well. Wishing you a very Merry Christmas. And thanks for joining us this morning. Joining us next as Morning Air continues here on Relevant Radio. and the Relevant Radio app, we'll talk with Bishop Joseph Perry, Auxiliary Bishop from the Archdiocese of Chicago about keeping that Christmas joy going past Christmas Adam and Eve and the 25th and more. That's all coming up straight ahead. Another Christmas story corner for you, too, on the way here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forester.
2: Gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born upon this day. Morning air continues here on Relevant Radio.
1: Thank you so much for joining us here. are Some sounds of the season for you as well. And we'll have plenty of those on Relevant Radio across the network on the 24th and the 25th already tomorrow. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Christmas music on Relevant Radio for you and along the Relevant Radio app and online at RelevantRadio.com. And don't forget, we'll have Mass and Rosary mixed in as well. We'll have uh, Christmas Eve Mass from the Vatican with Pope Francis. That's at 1230 live. Central Time tomorrow, and don't forget the Family Rosary Across America as well tomorrow night at 7 p.m. So uh, make us part of your Christmas plans, if you would, here at Relevant Radio. Glenn, and for John, this half hour, still to come, our story corner for the day. But uh, right now, continuing to talk Advent and Christmas and keeping that Christmas joy well past the 25th. With us now, Auxiliary Bishop from the Archdiocese of Chicago, Bishop Joseph Perry joins us. Uh, Bishop Perry, thank you so much for being with us today. We're glad to have you along. How has Advent been going for you so far?
2: Oh, lovely. Wonderful, especially connected with um, the liturgy and worship and prayer. It all goes by so fast.
1: Oh, it certainly does. Now, in all the years, as a priest and a bishop as well, you've presided over many Christmas time masses. And over time, do things strike you differently one year versus another year? Something that'll pop up and and stick out in your mind about what's going on.
2: Yes, it is. You know, this feast is punctuated largely by so many events that uh, hover over our lives locally and nationwide. So it puts a different punctuation seemingly annually. Some of these events are concurrent, they're repetitive. Others of them seem to reach some solution, but it all speaks to even some of the things that were going on at the time that the Lord arrived. We're still waiting for His coming second coming where all of this our faith tells us will be resolved
1: do you find you know christmas comes at, at seemingly just the the right time to bring some peace and joy in the midst of whatever struggles and strife are going on right now of course the battle over covid continues a very politically divided nation at times seeming like a very racially divided nation uh, rumblings of war with China, with Russia. And, uh, you know, you think, wow, we could certainly use a little peace right now in every direction.
2: Yes, you know, I, I, annually <laughs> this feast comes, I think, at the this, this, the right time. The right time. I think uh, the change of the seasons certainly uh, give it a special glow. And we come to a, a time each year where it's the ending of the year and moving into another year where at least we have the chance to think about some things and how they perhaps could have been done differently, how we can improve on, on life and well-being for one another, and think about some of the sufferings and the perils that people deal with around the world, to say nothing of our own personal lives. It's, it's a right time. It's a good time.
1: Now, one of the things we want to focus on, uh, Bishop Perry, today is really some great ways, uh, tips, ideas, thoughts about keeping that joy of Christmas uh, going past the twenty fifth, of course, for the octave of Christmas, but but even beyond that. I imagine you'd recommend this is something we need to do in a, in a somewhat intentional fashion.
2: Yes, I think there are ways of doing this. Uh, you know, while the um, commercial part of the holidays. Um, Christmas ends on December 25th, after 24 hours, or once the gifts are open, or when possibly the festive foods and treats are no more. The Church actually lives out a season that stretches for an octave or eight days, as we speak of it. The outline of the worship calendar runs into epiphany, the uh, commemoration of the arrival of the Magi, and ultimately ends, uh, at least by the worship calendar, on the Feast of the Baptism of Jesus that usually uh, comes somewhere in early January. We call this the Christmas Epiphany Cycle of the Liturgical Year. Uh, the coming of God into our world is so overwhelming that we need this this time to reflect on its power and meaning for our lives and there are ways to do this some special days some days more colorful than others
1: now we learn as we study our Catholic faith uh, about how long the season extends, and uh, you know, there's sometimes that competition to be super Catholic and uh, say, "Hey, we're we're keeping our decorations up to February." And then there are those, and I know it's uh, it's varied for me depending <clears throat> on the style of house I've lived in. If the front door isn't used as often in some some places as others, that wreath might be well up uh, into late February, or even March. <laughs> you know, but uh, oh, yes. as so we as we move ahead.
2: But, uh, I a as photogra- we a ahead. friend of mine, it was a photographer friend of mine. I went to his house one day to get a picture taken, and his Christmas tree was up in um, Valentine's Day still. <laughs> he hadn't taken it down. <clears throat> uh,
1: I knew uh, one uh, distant relative who would uh, his. his his, you know, tree in the family room downstairs. He would just uh, kind of slide it into the corner and uh, and and cover it up with something, but left it largely <laughs> put together. But uh, uh, but we do want to keep that that Christmas joy, doing. And one great way to do that, right, is to to have that personal joy about us. And in you know, we kind of. Talked so far about some of the the dark times around us in society and culture right now. If we can have that Christian joy—not always that momentary happiness, but the that deep-seated joy which can kind of seep out of us—that can be just a great witness to Christmas, uh, carrying well beyond the twenty-fifth.
2: Yeah, there's that Christmas uh, carol, "Joy to the World." Uh, the Lord's coming did bring joy to the world, even despite all the darker stuff that's going on. And that's a joy that I, we, we try our best to capture and to keep going. I think one of the rather effective ways of keeping that joy alive is making sure that we keep the the major scene, the manger scene, the crypt scene, the nativity set displayed at home, just like the parish church does. At least until... Epiphany, when the Magi figures and camels and gifts are placed at the scene. And I think this can carry special note if the the children or the young people of the household uh, do the placing of the figures while a a family member reads that that passage from uh, Chapter 2 of Matthew's Gospel that describes the coming of the wise men who are called the Magi or the kings. Um. With children and teens, uh, we can make a special visit to the parish church's nativity scene. Or even um, calling ahead and, and making something of a holiday tour out of visiting the variety of nativity scenes that our our neighbors, our Catholic or Christian neighbors have, or other churches and shrines display. We needn't have to take the, the scene down right after, right after Christmas. We so keep it going for a while, at least for the octave.
1: I think getting the kids involved with that nativity scene is such an important thing. Nowadays, uh, you know, some of the people that make toys will make uh, toy versions that uh, parents might not mind uh, having them get played with. But uh, even the one that I was, uh, you know, the, the the church I grew up in would, would give us at Christmas one piece every year. And so over the course of a childhood, yeah. you ended up with a, a complete scene. And that remains with me yet to today. But uh, there was a time when my kids were little and they'd be talking the different characters, as it were, and, uh, you know, gently enough, Not nothing sure. got broken, and they were they were somewhat tough so they could handle it, uh, <laughs> the kids as well as the, the nativity scene. But uh, it was great to see that, and I think that's great that we have uh, nativity sets about that we don't mind having the little ones... Uh, talk and and work and also some of those wonderful traditions not only you know waiting till christmas to, to place the the baby jesus in the manger but some who would have the the wise men journey from a different part of the house or across the room and make a little progress every yes. day uh till they get exactly. there but it also it also uh, bishop harry helps us all to kind of place ourselves in that that nativity scene place ourselves in that first christmas and that can be a great uh, great contemplation for us too
2: Exactly. It's a good reflection, a great reflection. Some of these nativity scenes, especially for younger children, you can obtain those from the different religious goods stores or the catalogs. They carry them. We've seen more and more of them uh, created over the years and are marketed.
1: Good uh, good tools to have, uh, a great way to spread Christmas joy as well. That's what we're talking about, spreading that Christmas joy well beyond oh. the 25th. We'll uh, continue this conversation with Bishop Joseph Perry from Chicago when we continue with Morning Air next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
0: Said the night
1: wind to the little land Do you see what I see? Do you
2: see what I see? Way up
1: in the sky, little land. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Morning air continue here on Christmas Eve Eve. Thanks for joining us. It's Glenn in for John. Our story corner coming up in just a little bit, too. If you're enjoying the Christmas music, there's a whole bunch of it. You can enjoy Christmas in song tomorrow and the 25th as well here on relevant radio with christmas music for you all day long the 24th and the 25th and mass and rosary in there as well 12 30 tomorrow on the 24th Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Vigil Mass live from the Vatican with Pope Francis, 1230 Central Time, the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky as well at 7 p.m. Central, 24th and 25th as well. Thank you for joining us this morning. Bishop Joseph Perry has joined us. He's Auxiliary Bishop from the Diocese of Chicago talking about keeping that Christmas joy going past the 25th as well. Bishop Perry, when you think back to your very young youth, uh, are there still some Christmas feelings that uh, you carry over well into adulthood uh, that you might have learned and experienced the first time as a youngster.
2: Yes, <clears throat> this year, as the dates uh, <clears throat> size up on the calendar, December twenty-sixth, the day after, of course, is is a Sunday. Uh, the Feast of the Holy Family. Um, parish priests uh, usually extend a special blessing to families and preach on the vitality and the importance of family life. At home, the head of the household. Uh, can start the family meal by reading a Gospel passage from Luke's Gospel, Chapter 2, that describes the challenges of Jesus Mary and Joseph experienced precisely because Jesus came to us through the specialness of a family, a special woman and a mother, and a special man as an adoptive father. An exercise like this can help punctuate family religious education. And then, as those days move on, a couple of days farther on, December twenty-eighth, um, time and obligations might permit members of the family attending mass at the parish, where focus is placed on special prayer for children who have died through violence, abortion, starvation, war, or through a dangerous paths being refugees or immigrants. As you know, the news media brings to us almost on a daily basis stories of families in flight due to poverty and danger and crime, seeking safety and respite for themselves. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, of course, were refugees in Egypt for some time. This Feast of the Innocents on December 28th, uh, these little boys were killed in Bethlehem by evil intent of government. and It reminds us that our lives are in places lived out in peril by people who do not know God. Another day we might think of is December 31st, which of course is the eve of New Year's. It's also a Saturday this year. Our focus in prayer and worship can be placed on asking God's blessings on our parish and our home for the wisdom we need to carve out some solutions to problems and doing our relationships with others differently than we did in the past year, beginning with home. And Saturday, of course, being the day of the week dedicated to Mary and her rosary, the joyful mysteries of the rosary can be prayed as individuals or as a family. It's the joyful mysteries where we meditate on the events leading up to the nativity of Jesus and his earliest experiences as a child and a youth. Those mysteries, you will remember the Annunciation to Mary by the angel Gabriel, Mary's visitation to cousin Elizabeth, the nativity of our Lord, presentation of the infant Jesus in the temple, and then his finding in the temple area as a young lad. Uh, December 28th, December 31st, other days along that octave, which can be punctuated for their specialness and the, um, the cultivation it gives to our faith, what we believe and stand for as Christians, Catholics.
1: Bishop Harry, so many uh, great ideas for, uh, you know, living out our faith throughout the uh, the mm-hmm. Christmas octave is more. You, you mentioned loss as we, uh, you know, think of the Holy Innocence on the, on the 28th. Uh, mm-hmm. Any advice for those suffering loss of loved ones uh, during this time of year, whether it has been this year or just other years? And, you know, it could have happened any time during the year. And the lineup at the Christmas table will be different this year.
2: Yes, it will be. It will be. I think we are so much aware these days that all of these matters that weigh heavily on our hearts. The prayer of the season reminds us of our desire for our homes to remain hospitable uh, to family, relatives, and neighbors. Um, We want our loved ones to embrace one another and not quarrel. As Christians, we want people to deal justly with one another nations lay down their weapons, that that earth's environment will be restored along the way, that the wrongs of society be made well. And and as we move into another year, we're reminded that these are the crowning achievements the prophets of old predicted with the coming of the Messiah. And these are ultimately the superior gifts of the season, no doubt. Uh, all of this stirs up the prayer that really enfolds the entire eight days and even beyond, on into the new year for all of us who are observant Catholic Christians. Uh, for those young people and adults familiar with praying the liturgy of the hours, especially with morning and evening prayer, we can derive spiritual nourishment from the church's uh, selection of each day's scripture and psalms and hymns that crown this feast to keep the spirit of the uh, Christmas season uh, uh, going, no doubt.
1: Bishop Harry, as we put away the, the Christmas decorations gradually over time and uh, maybe simultaneously, we're, we're working on some of those New Year's resolutions and trying to uh, keep them well beyond the second or third of, of January. Uh, any yes. advice and ideas as we try to uh, make our life a little better as we flip over that new calendar?
2: We want to keep the scriptures alive in our homes and want to make sure that everyone gives some kind of a signal that God loves them, because this is the feast of God's love. God's coming into our lives, not only simply to improve our lives, but to make the rays of redemption and salvation alive for us, bright and and cheerful for our children, as well as young people, as well as adults, as well as seniors. Overall, the coming together of our fellow worshipers and visitors reminds us that these holy days and holidays are meant to do something for us, to bring us closer to the Christ for whom this earth was handed over, for whom this earth was given as a gift to all mankind.
1: Bishop Perry, we've uh, on the on the lighter side here. We've had occasion through the years talking with various bishops about uh, you know their favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal, their favorite treat at Halloween time, and some other Christmas <laughs> traditions as well. If you were to sit down at a Christmas feast, what do you most enjoy on the table?
2: Christmas feast, joy on the table. Oh, as a a child, as a young man, uh, some of the, the delightful scenes or the punctuations of these days for me as a kid was midnight mass, having the opportunity to be able to serve the Eucharist there with our parish priest. Uh, so midnight mass and the the lighting of the um, the lights on the tree uh, in preparation for. Uh, The exchange of gifts amongst all us kids and that lighting of the Christmas tree as well as the great foods and my mother's baking of rolls and that incense passing through the house. Those are the things I remember most as a kid.
1: Painting such a nice picture for us. Uh, We appreciate so much your great service in the Archdiocese of Chicago and your time with us on the radio today, encouraging us to keep that Christmas joy going uh, through the octave of Christmas and and well beyond, too. If we could be uh, so bold as to ask uh, for your Christmas blessing as we wrap up, Bishop Perry.
2: Sure. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he turn his face to you and show you mercy. May the Lord bless each one, turn his countenance to you, and give you his peace. May the Lord bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. There's Bishop. uh... To all the great people of Relevant Radio, thanks for keeping the Word of God alive.
1: Well, thank you. It's our privilege, our pleasure, our joy to be able to do that and uh, and couldn't do it without uh, your prayers and uh, those listening as well. So uh, Bishop Joseph Perry from the Archdiocese of Chicago, a very Merry Christmas to you. And uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Patrick Madrid is coming up right around the corner after uh, some news headlines from Patrick Connolly. But first, time for another Christmas Story Corner. Our story today called The Three Little Trees, it's by Angie Hunt. Once upon a mountaintop, three little trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. The first little tree looked up at the stars and said, I want to hold treasure. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I'll be the most beautiful treasure chest in the world. The second little tree looked out at the small stream trickling by on its way to the ocean. I want to be traveling mighty waters and carrying powerful kings. I'll be the strongest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down in the valley below where busy men and women worked in a busy town. I don't want to leave the mountaintop at all. I want to grow so tall that when people stop to look at me, they'll raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I'll be the tallest tree in the world. Well years passed and the rains came and the sun shone and the little trees grew tall. Then one day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. The first woodcutter looked at the first tree and said, This tree is beautiful. It's perfect for me. And with a swoop of his shining axe, the first tree fell. Now I shall be made into a beautiful chest. I shall hold wonderful treasure," said the first tree. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, This tree is strong. It's perfect for me. And with a swoop of his shining axe, the second tree fell. Now I shall sail mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall be a strong ship for mighty kings. The third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way. She stood bravely straight and tall and pointed to heaven, but the woodcutter never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he muttered, and with a swoop of his shining axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought her to a carpenter's shop, but the carpenter fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with gold nor with treasure she was coated with sawdust and filled with hay for hungry farm animals the second tree smiled when the woodcutter took her to a shipyard but no mighty sailing ship was made that day instead the once strong tree was hammered and sawed into a simple fishing boat she was too small and too weak to sail an ocean or even a river instead she was taken to a little lake the third tree was confused when the woodcutter cut her into strong beams and Left her in a lumber yard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted was to stay on the mountaintop and point to God. Many, many days and nights passed. The three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlight poured over that first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. I wish I could make a cradle for him, her husband whispered. The mother squeezed his hand and smiled as the starlight shone on the smooth and sturdy wood. This manger is beautiful," she said. And suddenly the first tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. One evening a tired traveler and his friends crowded into the old fishing boat. The traveler fell asleep as the second tree quietly sailed out into the lake. Soon a thundering and thrashing storm arose. The little tree shuddered. She knew she didn't have the strength to carry so many passengers safely through the wind and the rain. The tired man awakened and he stood up and stretched out his hand and said, Peace! The storm stopped as quickly as it had begun, and suddenly the second tree knew he was carrying the King of Heaven and Earth. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from the forgotten woodpile. She flinched as she was carried through an angry, jeering crowd and shuddered when soldiers nailed a man's hand to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning, when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, The third tree knew God's love had changed everything. It had made the third tree strong. And every time people thought of that third tree, they'd think of God. And that was better than being the tallest tree in the world. That's our Story Corner for you today. You can access that in podcast form on the Relevant Radio app or online at relevantradio.com. Share it with friends that way and discover it on Facebook too. Glenn's Story Corner Facebook page has the text text. An audio of each day's Story Corner for you as well. We accept your requests and suggestions for stories, too. Email those, some you've come across or even written yourself. Air at relevantradio.com. That's Air at com. Well, Christmas, Adam over for the morning program. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget that Christmas spirit continues. You can experience Christmas in song, the 24th and 25th, here on Relevant Radio with Mass in there, too, live from the Vatican with Pope Francis tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. and Father Rocky along with the Family Rosary across America at 7 in the evening on the 24th and on the 25th. Thanks so much to our great production crew here, Mariano, and Gabby, and Sarah, and Jim and Cyrus and everybody who makes this possible. Yes, we do want to wish you a Merry Christmas. There's more coming up. Patrick Madrid next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.